Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. The hay is in the barn. Ole Miss and Louisville kick off Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. This is a special Talk of Champions recording on this Sunday because we're fired up. And today's guest is Miles Battle. Of course it is. What better way to get the season started than talking with a member of the Ole Miss football team, one of my very favorites, Miles Battle, almost cornerback. He's coming up in just a little bit on the Modern Women phone line. If you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Search Talk of Champions, and we're there. David and I both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports, which will have full coverage leading up to the game and afterwards, including a post-game show with me and Bradley South. So make sure to tune in for that. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Well, ready to get things kicked off, Ben, the start of what uh, looks to be a promising season for the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, but, I mean, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade, but this is a quality, dangerous opponent Ole Miss is facing Monday night in Atlanta. Oh, there's no doubt about that. If you watched any college football on Saturday, yeah. LSU, UCLA, Georgia, Clemson, any number of games you watched, heck, Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State. If anyone's thinking this is going to be some type yeah, of cakewalk, no come on now. It's just not. Yeah, and and even Vanderbilt, only Vanderbilt, but they took a 23-3 to butt-whooping to FCS member East Tennessee State on Saturday. Uh, you know, and, and we all know Vandy is not a very strong program, but you know, I didn't see that coming from a from a one double A team beating an SEC team like that. So the world's full of surprises. And when you look at Louisville Monday night, this is not a bad football team. This is a football team that 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 has power five talent on it. And and I get the sense the vibe has been Louisville went four and seven last year. This is going to be great for Ole Miss to open up on a national stage, which it undeniably is, and get a victory. Showcase the offense and, uh, you know, hopefully an improved defense. But, you know, Louisville, they got to be thinking the same way. This is an opportunity for them, too. When you look at this team, this team, as I mentioned, was four and seven last year, Ben, could have easily been seven and four, maybe even eight and three with a break here and there. And um, they've got 31 guys back on this roster who started at least one game last season. They have a, a true dual threat quarterback in Malik Cunningham, uh, who's probably going to be playing in the NFL one day. Uh, 
that I mean he can he can hurt you with his arm, and and if you let him get into the second level of your defense, he can terrorize you. So, you know, you know we've already put our fearless forecasts out. I think all three of us think this is going to be a high scoring affair. Vegas thinks it's going to be a high scoring affair. Uh, you know, I do think, and I think all of us thought, you know, Ole Miss is probably going to break away and pull away in the end because of that offense. But, uh, I mean, I think this is an intriguing matchup. This is going to be a, a heck of a game to watch. And, um, you know, you got to hope you come out of this thing one and another. Real quick before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement? Or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call today, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The podcast is also brought to you by MyBookie. Winning season returns at MyBookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boost, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make this winning season your best ever with MyBookie. With an historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place to play than MyBookie. And I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing. Sign up with MyBookie and use my promo code, TOC, for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code TOC. TOC, Talk of Champions, and making your first deposit. Bet anything anytime, anywhere, with my bookie. That's the only objective. As long as Ole Miss comes out 1-0, and it doesn't matter how you get there. In week one, there's going to be some rust. There's going to be some messiness to it. Not to mention the fact that Lane Kiffin isn't going to be on the sideline because he was diagnosed with COVID. So a breakthrough case of COVID throws a wrench in the season opener, which is already going to be, you're nowhere close to what you're going to be five games, six games, seven games down the road here. I mean, Ole Miss is nowhere close to whatever it's going to be. We don't even know. We think we know, but the identity of a team is not forged in week one. It it is not. I I, I really don't think Kiffin's absence is going to be a huge deal. Um, And and I don't mean that as he's not very important. Obviously, he is. And he's got somewhat of a magical touch when it comes to play calling. We've all seen that. Per the uh, rules and guidelines, he can't have any contact with the players or staff from 90 minutes prior to the game until after the game is finished. So Why? Why is he's that? Out of the, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but uh, that seems to be the case. So he's out of the equation. Jeff Levy won't have him on speakerphone up in the press box Monday night, but um you know, Jeff Levy is 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 more than capable uh, of calling a game. He has a real synergy with Matt Corral, and uh, I just don't think that's going to be a big hindrance to Ole Miss tomorrow night. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's going to be a huge hindrance. Um, this is the program Lane Kiffin built, and it'll act that way 
Monday night. It will perform that way. It'll play that way. So, uh, you know, I think the question mark, obviously, coming into this game is what kind of defense we see from Ole Miss Monday night against a pretty good offense uh, that has weaponry. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think the Ole Miss offense is going to hum. It's going to score points. It's going to move down the field quickly, just like we are expecting it to. You know, what you don't want to see, though, is Louisville doing the same thing to the Ole Miss defense. Um, and, um, you know, I've said, I've maintained all preseason, look, we've told you guys they're swarming, they look energetic, uh, you know, there's some new faces that should help. But we've told you guys the same thing for the last five years, Ben. And we've been wrong. And so seeing is my believing Monday night with this defense. And I'm as equally excited about watching the Rebel defense play as I am watching Matt Corral and the offense work. Um, I mean, to me, that's the question that gets answered. How would you feel if Ole Miss held Louisville to 21 points tomorrow night? I mean, you feel pretty darn good moving ahead. And that's what I want to see. I want to see the improvement on the defensive line. I want to see Chance Campbell and linebacker, what he brings to the unit. And we've talked profusely about the depth on the back end. I want to see how it, it looks and what the rotation looks like. So, uh, you know, we don't know who's going to be uh, the interim head coach, if you will, while we're uh, recording this podcast. I think we both think it's DJ Durkin. He makes the most sense. Probably so. The question is, will Ole Miss look different at all? without Lane Kiffin on the sideline as far as operationally. Do you expect that at all? No, I don't. I don't. You know, and that's why I think Durkin probably gets this handed off to him. He has been a power five head coach at Maryland. Um, you know, there, there's going to be a, a probably more communication between Jeff Levy and DJ Durkin tomorrow night on the sidelines with, with Levy being in the box than there than there has ever been because uh you know let's be honest no matter who they name quote unquote interim head coach while kiffin is recovering um levy's gonna run the offense and durkin's gonna run the defense that's how it's gonna play out now where they've got to have a meeting of the minds is when to spend timeouts and things of that nature so uh you know that that'll be another storyline to kind of charge tomorrow night if the rebels have some hiccups and uh clock management or anything like that, but I don't think they will. Because what I think about is how Lane has a propensity, even with a capable place kicker now in Caden Costa, to go for it. Ole Miss is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss. It's his program. Um, it's built in his image. So do they follow or adhere to what is his philosophical standard or whatever it might be in game if they'll look different at all? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And we all know Lane is very big on analytics, Ben. And, um, you know, and, and I don't think the staff uh, Monday night will stray too far away from that. But there is a feel factor when you're coaching a football game. And, uh, you know, the feel factor last year, because of the Rebels, <clears throat> excuse me, struggles in the kicking game, um, lent more towards going for it in plus territory. I don't know if that'll be the case tomorrow night. In fact, I'd be rather anxious to get Caden Costa out there on the field and, and get that first one under his belt. Um, not saying that that's going to really matter um, in terms of, 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 of situational decisions, but, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I mean that's a good point to make. I think we I think Ole Miss went for it a lot last year because of their struggles in the kicking game. I think that will be a little less this year. But again, I think it's going to depend on the book. And it's going to depend on the situation. Yeah, because a lot of the time he went for it because the book said to go for it rather than to kick. So even when it was in plus territory and there was an opportunity to kick in a 38-yard field goal, the book says a touchdown. Scoring here, like going for it on fourth down and scoring a touchdown offers you a better opportunity to win than just settling for three points, especially when you're a team like Ole Miss and you don't know what you're going to have defensively. With Lane Kiffin out of the picture – I assumed that it would continue to operate like that, but you just don't know. And that's the wild card in the season opener, just Lane Kiffin not being there. I'm going to say this now. Uh, Whatever the result of that game is Monday night is not going to be because Lane Kiffin is not there. All right. Ole Miss is more than capable of winning or losing that game without Lane being there. And, uh, you know, we're we're going – if things don't go the right way – there's going to be a tendency to to blame it on Lane's absence. And um, I'm not going to go there unless it's just absolutely blatant because I don't think it's going to be a factor. This is a great staff right. that Lane has put together. And isn't here. it set up to and, uh, a head coach, Lane Kiffin or not, doesn't matter who it is, Nick Saban, even in the NFL, it's not supposed to be completely dependent on the head coach. Now, in college, it's far more different or far more reliant on the head coach than the NFL is. But they set it up operationally, organizationally, to where if something, God forbid, were to happen, it can operate independent of the head coach. Obviously, Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss football. This is his program. Everything about this program has Lane Kiffin's fingertips all over it. But it would be a disservice of Lane Kiffin if for something like this to happen and then everything fall apart. It's set up to be like this. That's exactly what I'm saying is that – you know, there there will be a tendency to make too much tomorrow night out of Lane Kiffin not being on the sidelines. I do not think that is a fair assessment of whatever happens Monday night. Um, you know, if, if, if it's a big win, there's going to be a tendency to, uh, to give a lot of credit to Jeff Levy. And a lot of that should, should be given to Levy, but it wouldn't have been any different had Lane been there. If there's a big loss, there's going to be a tendency to uh, to put a lot of that on the fact the Rebels were, were without their head coach Monday night, and 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 you know it's going to be overage of of either way, either or, you know, if, if Ole Miss wins by forty, uh, Jeff Levy's going to get a whole lot of praise. You know, if Ole Miss loses this game. There, there, there will be a lot of eyebrows raised about how different it could have been had Lane been there. And completely I don't unfair. think it's that big of a factor. Yeah, right. I do not think it's that big of a factor. I'm going to go on record saying that right now. So uh, if you start to see that in my coverage tomorrow night, just let me know. <laughs> uh, because, um, you know, and there will be a tendency on, on our part if things don't go well to say, oh, my God, um, you know, it really hurt with Lane not being there. I don't think it'll be a factor. I really don't. This is a football team and a football program more than capable of operating. Um, you know, and as you've said, it's Lane's program. Things are going to go the way Lane want, wants them to go tomorrow night. It, nobody's going to change operation mode. Everything's still the same. So 
you know, let the chips fall where they may. To put it in perspective, when I found out about Lane's COVID diagnosis, my score prediction didn't change at all. Yeah, same here. Same here. I went the same way. And I was in, you know, I put those score predictions up every week. And I never look at your prediction or Chuck's prediction prior to writing my own prediction and then opening you guys up and putting y'all in there. We were all right in the same ballpark. Everybody. As a matter of fact, I, I almost kind of split the middle between you and Chuck. And um, I thought that was interesting because a lot of times it's not that way. A lot of times we have differing outlooks on how uh, we think a game's going to go, but I think we're all three on the same page here. Yeah. I, I think we all think that it's going to be, if nothing else, really uncomfortable for two or three quarters. If Ole Miss wins, yep. which I yep. think it will, it's not going to be because they come out and just blow the doors off of Louisville. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you what, I think uh, I'll, I'll make another prediction. I'm going to have fun with this in the 247. That'll go up uh, later today. But um, I think within the first three plays, Corral goes long to Braylon Sanders. That's going to happen. They're going to, uh, they're going to test the long ball early in this game. And, uh, and that's not a big major prediction because they test the long ball pretty early in every game. Yeah, but, their whole uh, motto is just, score from just, far, David. Yeah, don't don't go to the bathroom during the first three plays Monday night or you, you might miss a touchdown. But see, they script out the first 20 or so plays, if not a little bit more. Every single team does that when they're preparing for an opponent. So the idea that anything would change because Lane's not there as far as their strategy and kind of how they go about game planning, that's just not going to happen. So whatever they do, however they come out, that's how they were going to come out anyway because they've scripted this. They've planned this. This is the game plan. And now it's about following the game plan. Now there's going to be adjustments in game. There always is. And that's where losing Lane certainly will hurt because he's so good at adjusting on the fly of what he's seen. But other than that, and there there is something to be said about that, certainly. But other than that, most all of this, especially early, is scripted. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times, excuse me, a lot of those adjustments come in halftime. And uh, you kind of know what you're going to do in the first half. Halftime affords you the opportunity to go, hey, is this working? What is working? What's not working? And that's where Lane not being in the building uh, could have some effect. But um, I'm like you. I think it's going to be – look, we're going to be sitting there midway through the third quarter, and we're not going to know the, the the outcome of this game. We're not going to know. Uh, I think late – that Ole Miss offense is probably going to start wearing on the Louisville defense. I think Ole Miss finally has an offensive line that can can wear out a defensive front. I think Ole Miss has a has a backfield room that uh, is the perfect complement to those big old uh, hog mollies up front pushing on that Louisville defensive front for a couple of quarters. And uh, I, I don't think I don't think you'll see as much passing in the second half is what you'll see in the first half, because I think that's how it plays out. I think Nick Broker, Jeremy James, Ben Brown and company start leaning on the Louisville defensive front. And uh, I think you're going to, uh, you're going to be going, where is Snoop Connor for about two and a half quarters? And then come fourth quarter, you're going to see a lot of Snoop Connor. Just wearing uh, him down. That's just kind of, yeah, that's just, that's what I do. I lay around and I think about how it's going to play out. That's what I'm thinking about right there. I don't want to minimize not having Lane Kiffin because it is a big deal. 
It certainly is a yeah, big deal. Yeah, we're not deal. minimizing it, but 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 I don't think it is certainly a big deal. But again, look, if Lane's done one thing since he's been in Oxford, he's put together a hell of a staff. Okay, these guys can coach. Yeah, he crushed Jeff his staff hires and then turned around when he, he changed his staff and crushed it again. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And and these guys are going to be just fine. Okay, you're you're not uh, you're not sending the kiddies into the woods Monday night. I mean, Jeff Levy's one of the hottest coordinators in all of college football. He's more than capable. DJ Durkin is a salty, seasoned old veteran. He's more than capable. These guys have been through the fight before, and they'll, they're they're going to come out of this one Monday night just fine. That's the point we're trying to make. We're right. not minimizing Lane not being there. Uh, we're just simply saying, you know, one thing Lane did, and, and I think this goes into the reason. Look, let's be honest. Lane could have could have said, you know what, I'm not going to go get tested. I'm going to take Tylenol and I'm going to go to this ball game. But he did the right thing. He should be applauded for that because Lord only knows how much it pains him not being there with his team for the season opening game. Oh yeah. But he also had in the back of his mind, Hey, these guys that I hired to bring in to this program are more than capable of handling. Well, think about it this way. Remember Hugh Freeze's staff. You take Hugh Freeze off of that staff off the sideline for a game. It's bedlam. It would have been a disaster, a disaster. This staff is a pro staff. And a lot of that is learned from his many trips, be it in the NFL or college. He understands how to put it all together and to build a staff. Hugh Freeze, one of the biggest knocks on him forever, was a not particularly strong staff that could operate independent of him if, God forbid, anything happened. Lane Kiffin allows his coaches to be good at what they're good at. Well, and Freeze would have elected to go the route of bubble boy. Uh, He would have been in a bubble. He would not have missed a game. (laughs) He would have been in a bubble. Uh, you know, on the sidelines, walking around like looking like the Michelin Man. And I've seen had that someone too. Erect a- yeah, they got like Lane with uh, Hugh Freeze in the <laughs> press box when he had that just yeah, iconic yeah. picture with the thumbs up. Yeah, or, or Freeze would have erected a twenty-foot-tall deer stand on top of the press box at Bach Hemingway. Or, and he'd have made it all about himself. Let's be real; he'd have made it oh, all about yeah. himself. Well, well, we we've we've seen him in the hospital bed uh, coaching from the box. So, you know, but again. I think Lane, regardless of the outcome Monday night, should be applauded for doing the right thing. Absolutely. He did the right thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so, you know, in that regard, he's already won. Uh, but bottom line on this ball game is going to be a hell of a ball game. If you don't know who Malik Cunningham is, and I'll have something coming on him a little bit later, um, you ought to get to know him. This cat can play. He's a veteran. This is his third season to start a quarterback for Louisville. He's equally as dangerous, as we said earlier, with his arm and his legs. So, you know, and that's what you worry about. Ben, to be honest, in the preseason, we got to see Ole Miss scrimmage one time. And the defense looked horrible. The tackling was not very good. Other than that, though, great jumping jacks team. Yeah, well, other, we, we did get week one, and, and all the times we saw them in week one in, in limited contact drills and things like that, they were swarming, they were energetic, they were, you know, they were growing. You could see that. You could see some of the new faces making impacts out there. But again, that wasn't in a full 
full-fledged scrimmage situation. When we saw him in a full-fledged scrimmage situation, when Lane first saw him in a full-fledged scrimmage situation, nobody's uh, review was very good, including Lane's. Now, he did come back two days later and say, I had a chance to watch the film. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was live. Well, the media didn't have a chance to watch the Bullshit. Film. And it Sorry. did look that bad live. Okay? It did look that bad live. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, there's the caveat of Ole Miss is scrimmaging against their offense in practice. And, you know, they're not going to play a better offense this year, probably not named Alabama. Yeah, after watching you know, games so, on uh, Saturday, Alabama's about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Alabama. And then we we really don't know about Georgia, okay? We don't know if Clemson has offensive problems or if Georgia's defense is fantastic. Um, I will say so this about Georgia, though, David. If I hear anybody else try to put JT Daniels in the same breath as Matt Corral, I'm not hearing oh, it no, anymore. No, 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 no. That's, that's, uh, that's nothing but JT Daniels. And, look, he's a fine quarterback. Fine. Probably going to have a great NFL career. But that's JT Daniels and the media riding the wind of it being Georgia. Okay. He's, that's not, what he's that not Matt Corral. That's why, look, look, there is, look, we're media, but there is such a media bias when it comes to preseason teams and accolades, as well as the preseason top 25. Okay. Every year, I'll bet my left leg, LSU and Notre Dame, no matter what, they're going to be ranked in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's going to usually be ranked in the top 10. I mean, I don't even know what Notre Dame did Saturday, but LSU. Notre Dame's that. today against okay. Florida State. Oh, yeah, that's right. Notre Dame plays plays on Sunday. So, anyway, you know, no surprise to me that LSU went out to Los Angeles and lost. None at all because they're, they're not going to be very good this year. I was surprised by how they were dominated. Well, you know what? It, you know, we talked about Hugh Freeze a while ago. In Hugh Freeze's final year in Oxford, they went five and seven. They shouldn't have been. They should have been an eight and four team. One of the reasons the Rebels went five and seven that year is Freeze was so distracted with everything going on in his life off the field. And LSU is faced with that right now. That LSU coaching staff, look, particularly after Saturday, they're not expecting to be in Baton Rouge next year. You know, you know who I think is going to be in Baton Rouge next year. Don't say it. Like you freeze might be. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different podcast, though. Okay, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, could definitely see that happening. I could see Lady Kiffin be pursued too by LSU. Yeah, I could too. I'm not definitely. trying to start anything. I uh, could just see that happening. Well, you just did. You just did. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, we definitely don't want to sensationalize anything on today's podcast. But no, uh, we do not. Anyhow. Yeah, we do not. Yeah, that's an inside joke there. We 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 can't we can't give you the punchline. But anyway, um, you know what a uh, what a time it is, man. Look, this is a football team, Ole Miss. Back to Ole Miss. If they win Monday night, man, it, it, they're going to be three and zero when they play Alabama. That is going to be the 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 game of the week. I don't care who else is playing anywhere in the country. That is the matchup everyone will be focused on. For for a number of reasons, Ole Miss has been a team that has proven over the in recent history they can beat Nick Saban in Alabama, and then you have, you have the whole Lane Kiffin Nick Saban storyline. Just a lot of stuff to look forward to this year. Hugh Freeze coming back to Oxford with a with a pretty good football team Boo. and a quarterback. Listen, listen, you get a little bit of 
preview of what that Ole Miss Liberty game could look like, particularly with the Ole Miss defense on Monday night in Atlanta, because the quarterbacks at Louisville and Liberty are very similar. And, uh, you know, so you have some success Monday night in containing Malik Cunningham, then, uh, you know, I think you feel a little bit better about that game when you look down the schedule, but, uh, but anyway, we strayed a little bit. Focus is Monday night in Atlanta. I mean, Ben, who has, who has the big game for Ole Miss that is not a, not a, not a suspect to have a big game. Ontario Drummond. Good choice. Good choice. He's kind of been quiet in the preseason. Um, certainly a very capable receiver. They got him number one um, in the slot right now. That's Elijah Moore spot. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. But depth charts are worth the paper they're written on. Look at the slot position on Monday night. You're going to see a parade of guys. They got to figure out who the most capable guy is. And and really the only way you're going to figure that out is in-game action. And whether it's Ontario Drummond, whether it's John Rice Plumley, whether it's Jakur Pearson, whether it's Jerion Ely or even Henry Parrish or a combination of any of those guys thereof, the only way you're really going to know is you're going to see who's going to produce on game day. So again, that's another storyline to follow tomorrow night. Who gets the most reps in the slot? But more than more so than who gets the most reps, who gets targeted the most in the slot tomorrow night? Um, you know, and I, I asked Matt Corral last week about that. I, you know, I, I think I presented the question like Matt. You know, it was Elijah last year, and Elijah and Elijah only last year. And you guys knew each other like the backs of your own hands. None of these guys are robots. And by that, I meant John Rice Plumley is going to run a route differently than Dontario Drummond or Jacob Pearson or Jerry Neely or Henry Parrish. You know, how does he account for that when uh, there, there could very well be like some platooning going on at the slot receiver position? And, you know, but Matt basically said, well, they just better be where they're supposed to be. And most of the difference is you run the route how you're supposed to run the route. The difference is in those guys after the ball's in their hands. They all have a little bit different wiggle about them. And uh, that's going to be fascinating to me to see that play out. And then, Ben, the other thing is how much will the tight end position be utilized Monday night with no Kenny Yaboa and no accomplished pass catcher in the rotation there. I mean, Chase Rogers is, is number one on the depth chart. We could see that coming. Chase had a fabulous fall camp, but Chase Rogers has not proven to be the target. Kenny Yaboa was. So, uh, you know, do you reduce the number of times you're throwing to the tight end or all of a sudden does Chase Rogers, uh, you know, become an effective and viable target in the passing game? We've got to watch that tomorrow night. We're going to find out something there. The podcast also brought to you by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and shopping. So you can get back to what matters. And HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. I know that from experience. Both my daughters are in school, 
The youngest has gone to kindergarten. The oldest, well, she's in third grade. And my wife is a third grade teacher. So guess what I get to do every single night? And I'm thrilled to do it, happy to do Cook. I make meals. And HelloFresh provides the meals to make in an easy step-by-step way. And they're delicious. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TOC14. That's HelloFresh.com slash TOC14. And use code TOC14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash TOC14 with promo code TOC14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Podcast also brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there. And you're just looking to get the best deal anyway. If that's the case, and to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep with a great deal at a price point that you can afford. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail, and make sure to tell them Talk of Champion sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans, and Ole Miss football season is here. The Louisville season opener is here. So while you're buying a car, they're going to want to talk about the Rebels. But more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. To find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. Here's my case for Dontario Drummond. Last year, 25 catches, 417 yards, 7 touchdowns, 16.7 yards per catch. In the final two games, after Elijah and Kenny Yeboah opted out, only two catches for 36 yards against LSU, but a touchdown with a long of 31. In the Outback Bowl, six catches, 110 yards, one touchdown. Against Mississippi State, when they were peppering Elijah Moore with targets, 12 catches, over 130 yards. He had two for 84, along with 48 and one touchdown. Towards the end of the year, Dontario Drummond started to become a go-to option for Matt Corral. And in the Outback Bowl, he was the go-to option for Matt Corral. And now they've got him in the position that Elijah Moore was in, in which he became a record-setting wide receiver for Ole Miss. Not to say that Dontario Drummond is going to be like that, but I think it does speak volumes to where he's playing and considering his usage after those two guys opted out as to why I'm buying all the Dontario Drummond stock I can. Yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a good point to make. And uh, you know, and you see this often with junior college guys where when they first get into the program in that first season, they're here, it takes a number of games under their belts before they get acclimated to the speed of the game, which is much different and and to the rigors of the game. And you saw that with Don Terrio Drummond last year. As he got more and more game experience, he got better and better. Now, unfortunately, I would think that's going to be the case with the two big uh, JUCO defensive tackles Ole Miss brought in over the offseason and Isaiah Eitan and Jamon Gordon. I think you guys are going to have to exercise a little bit of patience in terms of uh, letting them kind of grow into what their roles are going to be. I do like how they're deploying they're to... them, though. With Isaiah and Jamon playing the same position. Well, they're both they're both they're both versatile. They're yes. versatile, but they're too. playing the same I mean, position you, right now. You you could line Isaiah up on the edge if you needed to, and so, look where you line up and where you are on the depth chart on the defensive line is purely semantics. It's purely semantics. 
I mean, look, the guy that may start may be out on third downs all the time, and there may be a third down specific guy. I know I've seen Tariqis Tisdale line up at the nose on third down the entire preseason. Um, it, it's all about formation schemes and situations up there. But my point on the two JUCO guys, Aiton and Gordon, is give them time to develop. They're not going to be the same players Monday night that they will be when the Egg Bowl rolls around at the end of the year, just as you pointed out about Dontario Drummond. You want to hear an overreaction Sunday prediction from me after watching games on Saturday. Ole Miss is the best threat to Alabama in the SEC West this year. No, I think that's obvious after watching everything on Saturday. I mean, look, I, I'll, I gotta, I'll pat myself on the back. I didn't think LSU was going to be very good this year. Um, and I, and I look, UCLA is a good football team. They lost to, and they were out on the West coast and all that garbage, but LSU is not one of the elite teams in the sec this year. I like Ole Miss's chances against LSU. However, I think Auburn is better than what I thought they were going to be after getting my first viewing of Auburn, uh, that's going to be a tough out for Ole Miss. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking at games where you don't don't necessarily feel good about, there are very few of them. Alabama, of course. I think uh, Texas A&M. And then Auburn. Those are the three games on this schedule that I would say I might be writing a fearless forecast where I pick someone else to 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 win other than Ole Miss. But you know, we've seen Auburn against an inferior opponent. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm giving them too much credit after week one. But uh, I agree with you on that. Ole Miss could beat Alabama because why? Because they could outscore Alabama. Every single year in the SEC, at the end of the year, however it falls, there's always a storyline with the team where we go, of course, of course it ended up that way. And this year, if you look around, LSU is exactly what we thought they were going to be. Ed Orgeron is Gene Chizik 2.0. We don't know Auburn yet. Vanderbilt was terrible. They're not in the West, but Vanderbilt was terrible. Arkansas did not impress at all. Mississippi State had to mount an absolutely furious comeback in the fourth quarter to beat Louisiana Tech. On and on and on here. Now, this is all predicated... pedestrian at best. Yes, this is all predicated on Ole Miss beating Louisville, which I think they're going to do on Monday. But even if they don't, at the end of the year, we always look at the final standings and go, of course that's why that ended up there or why that team ended up there. Ole Miss returns the most productive quarterback in the SEC in Matt Crow, Easily a top three quarterback in college football, especially when you consider what Sam Howell did. And Spencer Rattler was so inefficient throwing the ball down the field. And what does Matt Corral exceed at? What is he the best at? Deep ball accuracy. His ability to push the ball down the field to, quote, score from far. So when you look at Ole Miss and where they end up, the most accomplished quarterback in the SEC, Elaine Kiffin, who has this program with so much momentum, the greatest threat of any coach in this division to Nick Saban as far as challenging him, as he proved last year with inferior competition, but because he outschemed him, that game was a track meet and almost had a chance to win. On and on. Defensively, they added so much to where, yes, they were absolutely abhorrent last year defensively. Couldn't stop anybody. In the 120s in every major statistical category. 
We're not asking Ole Miss defensively to end up in the 50s, only the 80s. And if they end up in the 80s, that team wins eight or nine games. And if it's the right eight or nine games, you could end up in Atlanta. So I am predicting right now on overreaction Sunday, Ole Miss ends up second in the SEC West. And then when you get to the end of the year, you're going to have all these people in the national media say, well, of course Ole Miss ended up there. How did we miss this? Well, you missed this because mm-hmm. of built-in narratives that you've had forever about LSU, about Auburn, Arkansas. You pick your team in the SEC West that you just think is better than Ole Miss year to year. But when you get rid of all of those preconceived notions about those teams and you actually look at the personnel, the head coach, and how everything sets up. And yes, I do think Ole Miss has a challenging schedule and Liberty's not going to be a cakewalk. Louisville's certainly not going to be a cakewalk. Tulane's not going to be a cakewalk. Tulane's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we didn't even, you know what? And, and there you go, preconceived notions. All of us, including myself, in the preseason, looked at that Tulane game and go, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. That'll be a nice win right there. Um, and then all of a sudden, good. you look at what played out Saturday. And look, man, they were a first down away from beating Oklahoma in Norman. They were a, a, like six inches away from getting the first down that would have allowed the game potential game-winning drive to continue. They play hard. They, they are a, I mean, all of a sudden you look at that one and, and you're talking preconceived notions. We all had the preconceived notion. That was a gimme. That Tulane was Tulane. Give, it's give the it. same thing with national media and Ole Miss that Ole Miss is Ole Miss, that it's parentally third, fourth at best. But that's not necessarily the case. So, yes, while Oklahoma struggled with Tulane, I think Ole Miss and Tulane is going to be a great game, but Ole Miss is going to win that game. For the first time since Hugh Freeze was roaming the sidelines in 2016, I believe Ole Miss can go into any game it plays and win. And the reason why is based on not only last year, but what they have returning from last year. Losing Elijah Moore is a big deal. But I like Dontario Drummond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, you know, I, I do want to say say this, and I, I man, this is not to be taken in the wrong way. Losing Elijah Moore, much much too much has been made over that. I agree. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but that was by design. But yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic player. He's going to have a fantastic NFL career, and look, he will be missed. All I'm saying is, much too much has been made over it. Um, Ole Miss has wide receivers. Ole Miss has a lot of wide receivers. Now, there may not be 
a DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or even an Elijah Moore. Well, DK was hurt right his now. entire Ole Miss career, but I see your point. He, he was, he was. But while none of there, there may not be a guy on this team that has the talent that any of those have. Overall, top to bottom, I think this wide receivers room is one of the best in the Southeastern Conference. I, I think this wide receivers room benefits from having the best quarterback in the SEC. And I think this wide receivers room is going to benefit from playing alongside an offensive line that's capable of being one of the top units in the SEC. Kind of feels funny saying that about Ole Miss. It does, doesn't um, it? Best quarterback, one of the best wide receivers rooms, one of the best O-line starting five, and uh, one of the best running and, and back really stables. One of the deepest backfield rooms. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it kind of feels funny saying that without your tongue being in your cheek. And we're not saying that that way. We mean it. Yeah, and people again, are going to say, oh, you homers. No, look at the depth chart. Look at everyone else in the SEC West and tell me where I'm wrong. What scares well, you, you about LSU? Guys, what scares you about Arkansas? You got, three, you got three guys in your running backs room that could start for really anybody in, Agreed. The, in the SEC. Uh, other than Alabama, other than Alabama. Ely would start yeah. everywhere. Uh, but with, with Ely, Parrish, Snoop Connor, I mean, those guys are, are, are first class. All three of them potentially are going to be in the NFL one day. And then we haven't even mentioned Kentrell Bullock. And then the old warhorse, uh, Unk, as they call him, Isaiah Woolard. I mean, you know, this is a kid – because of talent has fallen down on the depth chart. But I remember a couple of years ago watching Uncle run for more than 100 yards on an SEC defense in a game. He's just um, 22 going you know, on 46. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I love guys like that. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, the room is deep, guys. The room is deep. And, and again, up front on that O-line, I mean, I think I, – well, let me say this. I know there are three NFL guys on that offensive line with Nick Broker, Jeremy James, and Ben Brown. And then I, I'm not totally convinced that Caleb Warren and Orlando Amana will not get a shot to play in the NFL as well. Um, and I've said this. I've said this on the spirit. I've, I've made my feelings known about this. Watch Jeremy James play a little bit because of anybody who would go in the 2023 NFL draft on the Ole Miss roster, Ben. Because I think several of these guys are going to go in the 22 draft. Matt Corral, possibly even Jerry Ely, uh, some other guys. Jeremy James has the highest ceiling by far. And I know I know a lot of people do not watch the offensive line when they watch football. You know, the O-line, they only get their names mentioned when, uh, when they screw up. You don't hear much about Jeremy James, which means he doesn't screw up very much. He's got elite size. He's highly intelligent. He's, he's very versatile. Uh, I could see Jeremy James going as a second-round pick. And if he keeps stringing together, dominating ball games, you know, he, he maybe even higher. And I know you hear a lot, you heard a lot last year about Nick Broker, who is a very fine player, who has a pro career in front of him as well. Partly because Broker is such a nasty finisher, and uh, television loves that. Okay, Jeremy James is a technician out there. He knows what he's doing. And Broker uh, kind of is what he is at this point. I don't think there's a ton of upside left yeah, to what he could become. No, 
I think you're right. I think you're right. Which is being what he is now is great. It's certainly adequate. It's great. Yeah. But but I'm telling you guys, you know, it's a lot like Royce Newman, and I'll uh, I'll toot my own horn here. I, I I was writing about how how incredible Royce Newman was uh, two years before he left for the NFL, and um, nobody believes it until Mel Kiper says it. And or um, when he started as a fourth Mel round Kiper, pick, as a yeah, rookie, I don't even think Mel Mel Kiper knew Royce's potential. Uh, the Packers did. They got a steal with him in the fourth round. Royce Newman is going to start the, his first game of his NFL career as a rookie next Sunday. I mean, that's a steal in anybody's book. He was killing people here for years and years, and nobody noticed it. Nobody patted him on the back. You know, he didn't get a cover of the media guide because that always goes to the quarterback or the receivers. But um, or Patrick Willis. But um, anyway, enough about that. But w- watch this O-line. This O-line is going to be really, really good this year. I didn't know this until I actually looked it up, and I was writing a story about him while you were going on vacation to see your son play in New Mexico. He didn't allow a single pressure on 42 blocking snaps and rated as the Packers' best run blocker in the preseason. Started all 22 yeah, games in his yeah. final two Ole Miss seasons, moved from left guard to right tackle as a senior, allowed just two sacks in 430 pass blocks. Yeah, we are we are really good friends with the Newmans. Of course, uh, Eli Royce came to Ole Miss in the same class, and uh, Eli called me at uh, I guess it was like 4 a.m. local time Sunday morning. Uh, they were about to get on the plane and leave L.A. and fly back to Las Cruces, and he told me he said the first he and Royce are best friends. Told me the first call he got uh, once he got on the bus to go to the airport was Royce, and uh, Royce had watched uh, watched the game last night, and then. Uh, Royce's mom reached out to me during the game and they were watching it up in Illinois. Certainly appreciate that. And man, it makes you feel so good to see what Royce is doing and what he's capable of accomplishing and uh, extremely proud of him. And again, I don't think he got his due when he was here at Ole Miss. He didn't get his due because he didn't score touchdowns. If anybody faces more pressure because Lane Kiffin isn't on the sideline, and I think it's really only one person, is DJ Durkin. Yeah, and we both agree that it ought to be DJ Durkin. Uh, as could be anybody else. We don't know. Night. Exactly. We don't know, and it could be. Um, and Ole Miss Sports Information will probably release that to ESPN uh, when the pregame show comes on. So, no, um, Of course they will. There you have it. Um, so, the hay's in the barn, Dan. The hay is in the barn, David. Game day is here, man. Finally, my God. Very long camp. Very long camp. It, it was a long camp. It's been a long off season. Really, man, it's been a long time since we've had normal football because of COVID. I I even hate to say that freaking word. But, um, but did you see, for example, you know, the Wisconsin crowd doing jump around? You forget how oh, yeah. important yeah. fans are, man. It matters. It changes college football. Oh, look, I, I went to a week zero game, man, and it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, it wasn't a huge crowd, 20,000 or so, but, you know, they were loud. It was boisterous, and, you know, the tailgating had returned, and there were no masks anywhere, partly because 
86% of the people in the state of New Mexico are vaccinated. Crazy how that um, works. They're not having they're not having COVID issues out there. I, I couldn't believe I was leaving red state Mississippi where, where COVID is running crazy right now and went to blue state New Mexico and they don't have any COVID. They have COVID, but their issues are not nearly what the issues back here at home are. And uh, I was shocked at that, really was. Well, last thing, and I'll let you go. Will Ole Miss be 1-0 come Tuesday morning? Yes. Okay. Yes, uh, Ole Miss will be 1-0 come Tuesday morning, and um, Ole Miss will be 3-0 and when that showdown with Alabama arrives. I'll go that far. And um, But, but, let me say this. I'm not Nostradamus, okay? <laughs> Anything can happen Monday night, and we are by no means selling short the Louisville Cardinals. Or is it Louisville? Uh, one or the other. Well uh, done by the Ole Miss Athletics Administration's production was, team yeah. on Twitter. That was yeah. so well done. That so was well good. Done. Yeah. That was a that was the the good kind of jab nowadays. Yes, that's because um, the folks from Louisville get mighty ticked off if you say Louisville, and I reckon the folks from Louisville, Mississippi, you're dang get right, mighty ticked off if you say Louisville. Dang so, right. Fantastic word. Yeah. Fantastic word there. Are there any injuries that we're really worried about? I know yeah. we don't know anything about injuries. According, according to Lane Kiffin, there are no significant okay. injuries. I've got this memorized. There are no <laughs> significant injuries to any player who would be expected to contribute substantially this season. Except Lane Period. Kiffin, who's out with COVID, which is just, of course. Oh. Of course. Of course. Oh, no, America, I guess America's only 100% fully vaccinated football team. <sighs> Which fully vaccinated, okay. Doesn't, fully vaccinated uh, doesn't we, mean you can't found, get the virus. That's not what it means. Well, 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 no, we found out yesterday exactly what that meant. That meant everybody had at least one shot. But according to SEC protocol, to not test, you've got to have two shots. And there must be two weeks that have passed since your second shot for you not to test. That's why there will be some Ole Miss players tested prior to Monday night's game. Uh, the ones who got the, their second shot within a two-week window of now have to be tested. I got that double clarified yesterday. Talked to Shannon Singletary yesterday afternoon as well. Shannon's in charge of all that stuff and um, got a very eloquent definition of what everything means. That makes Only sense. a handful of players, I'm told, will be tested prior to Monday night's game. Only a handful. So that, and again, those are guys who within a two week window got shot number two. That makes sense. All right. There you let's have. get this thing started. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Game day, Ole Miss Louisville. It's here. I look forward to it. I know you do too, buddy. Thanks. Howdy, Toddy. That was David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. We'll have full coverage of Ole Miss Louisville on Monday night, including a postgame show with me and Bradley South, so make sure to tune in for that. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. We can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Ole Miss defensive back Miles Battle. But before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ole Miss cornerback Miles Battle. Miles, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it going? I'm doing good. Thanks for doing this, man. How's fall camp been? Uh, it's been great. You know, this is my first fall camp at DB, so it's been new, but but a good experience. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you to start. So last year, you make the move. Now you're a cornerback. What's been the biggest transition for you? For being a wide receiver your entire life, being recruited to be here at wide receiver, to be a defensive back, what's the transition been like? Uh, it, was, it wasn't easy at first, but um, just working at it more and more has just become natural, you know, running routes, and then now I'm just running them backwards, basically. So I think being a receiver, going to DB is probably the easier transition. But um, overall, just working at it more and more has just made it easier. You're not the first Ole Miss wide receiver to make this move. Ken Lucas did it, became an NFL player. Marche Green did it, became an NFL player. When you got approached about it, what was that conversation like? Um, you know, we kind of made – I talked to T-Buck before. We kind of made jokes about it. But um, just the opportunity presented itself and – I jumped at it and put all my whole uh, efforts in, all my efforts into it, and it came out for the better. Did they really have to convince you? Kind of what all went into the decision to make the move? Well, at first, I was um, kind of doing both sides of the ball for like a couple, for the first couple times I went to defense, and then I kind of just, I kind of found had a found a new love for the game on defense. 
So they didn't they didn't take much. And then, like you said, them telling me about the the NFL size and stuff like that kind of just made me think, you know, big fish, little pond, or big fish, big pond. So when you initially moved, did it feel completely unnatural, or when did it first click for you that okay, I can be a cornerback? I'm no longer a wide receiver playing cornerback. It's starting to feel like I'm a cornerback. Um, it really didn't click till till towards the end of the season. You know, I mean, my first game was against Auburn, which is a big game, but it still didn't really feel that natural till towards the end, towards like the uh, LSU and the um, LSU game, state game, and the bowl game. As far as wide receiver skills and how they translate, what best moves over from wide receiver to cornerback once you make the move? Um, I would say ball skills and kind of knowing offensive concepts, like just knowing what offenses are trying to do with routes. Now, I've known you since high school. I covered you in high school. You were a highly rated kid coming out of high school. Did you ever think that this could be a move that you would make? If you would have asked me back then, I would say no. (laughs) But now you're a super competitive guy. So now does that kind of play into it when you're out there and you're lined up against a wide receiver, knowing what they know, how they run their routes, what they're supposed to or they're trying to be doing? Does it give you an advantage at all as far as going up against them every day? Yeah, I think it does. You know, just knowing splits and what routes they can run from that wide and overall, like you said, overall concepts of what uh, offenses are trying to do in certain situations. Just playing offense for so long growing up, it's kind of, you kind of just pick up on things. What do you like about this defense going into this year, preparing for Louisville coming up on Monday? I think uh, we have a good game plan. You know, I think with the chemistry that we have on this defense now, you know, we have another year under Coach Durkin and Coach Partridge. Um, learning the whole defensive concepts, and I think everything's just going to click together this year. You're around a lot of these newcomers like Markevious Brown. You've seen Tyshim Johnson in the defensive backfield. What newcomers have impressed you so far? Um, those two that you just said, Markevious Brown and Tyshim, um, they kind of they came in with a mindset of, like, they're not freshmen. They don't work as freshmen. They, um, they kind of know what to do, and they take the extra time in the film room and want to learn even more than just their position just to help the defense in any way they can. Going back to that decision to enter the portal, how close were you to leaving? I mean, I was in the portal, so I <laughs> pretty close. Uh, but I talked with um, the when the coaching, the new coaching staff came in. I had good conversations with them, and they, you know, they convinced. Obviously, they convinced me to stay. So, yeah, that's what I was curious about. What was that conversation like? What led you to come back? What was so convincing from them? Um, just the the type of coaches that they are, you know. I feel like they're more player coaches and not just only football, like only on football, you know, they care about you on and off the field. And um, they, they're more, you can relate more to them as players. Cause you know, a lot of them have played football and even some more recent than others, but they know the, how it feels to be a college athlete. Was there any hesitancy at all to make the move? And when did you finally feel like you've got a new lease on your football life after so many years of really just trying to make it onto the field and then boom, you're a cornerback and now they're wanting to play you as much as possible. Yeah. You know, so, um, it was a little heavy, you know, I talked with my family, um, a bunch about it. And my dad said, if, if like, if you're going to do it, you got to put all your effort into it. And I had, I talked to, um, I actually talked to DK Metcalf, um, about it. Cause, uh, I was, and he was telling me that, you know, the, the, the they're looking for big corners now like that's becoming a trend so when he told me that I was like you know what I might as well just at least try it and the rest is history now 
do you feel like it doesn't matter who you line up against now that that you can pretty much go up against anybody and hold your own? Yeah, absolutely. Because I was thinking about this. You said you talked to DK Metcalf, and DK is a good example of what the NFL is like in wide receivers now, and you're in that draft-eligible year. You're looking ahead to the NFL. Let's be honest here. Every one of you that are in that position as far as juniors and seniors, y'all are looking towards the NFL. That's the next step. So when you think about those levels of guys like a DK Metcalf or whoever it might be, and you look at your body type, do you feel that gives you advantage? And, and do you feel like you can compete with those guys? Yeah, of course. You know, me being 6'4", I mean, you got to find somebody that can match up with somebody that size. And there's not too many of them in the league right now. And, and I play wide receiver, so I have the ball skills too to go up with those kind of guys. Is it kind of surreal to think that you're right there on the precipice of realizing that NFL dream? Because this is what you've been working for your entire life, but now you're eligible. Yeah, it is surreal. You know, I try to just focus on the now, but, you know, it's always in the back of your mind. But as long as I keep my head down and working, I think it'll all play out. The opener's coming up. What do you like about this team right now? Uh, Like I said before, just the chemistry that even not just defense has, but offense has with defense. You know, we are a family, and, we just play off each other's energy, and I think it's just all going to come together and show on the field on Monday. Well, obviously, Louisville is a challenging first test. Malik Cunningham's a dual-threat guy. What have you seen from Louisville on film? Uh, you know, they run a lot, of, a lot of misdirections, a lot of motions, but uh, like you said, the quarterback, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He, um, you got to respect his feet, and he can also throw the ball. So he's, like you said, dual-threat. You just got to be able to play both. When you're facing up against a guy like that, that you just never know when he can take the ball down and start running. How do you defend it? How do you keep awareness about that? Uh, you just, I mean, you just got to have guys that can cover and guys that can rush. <laughs> I mean, you just got to have, you got to have both, you know, got to have guys that can cover. So he's not able to throw the ball, but you also have to have, you know, linebackers underneath that can, that can read, read him and, and uh, cover at the same time. So it's just got to be a well-working defense. Before you got moved to defensive back, had you ever really tackled before? Uh, not since eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing in eighth grade? Uh, I played I played uh, wide receiver and safety, and um, a little bit of outside linebacker. So do you have to kind of reteach yourself how to tackle? How does that work? Yeah, you know, well, in the uh, with the spring and fall camp, you know, we do a lot of tackling drills and just working on fundamental tackling. And uh, I worked on that a little extra, too, with uh, T-Buck and Coach Bush. Eighth grade is totally different than the SEC, for God's sake. But anyway, how <laughs> different is it being a safety at one time, but now playing cornerback, knowing that, yeah, you got to cover, and all that stuff can translate with ball skills. But coming up in support of the run, what was that like for you, trying to figure that part of it out? You know, that was, I mean, at first it was a little different, but, you know, it's it's just, you just got to do it. I mean, it, there's no other way around it. You just got to come up and make tackles and, and be physical, that's the bottom line. How much does it help to go up against this offense every single day with a quarterback that's the most accomplished quarterback in the SEC? Has that helped you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any other place I could go where I could get this amount of work with uh, these type of receivers and that and that, quarter, that caliber of quarterback. Um, you know, we got really good receivers that are, like you said, they can – possibly go to the league too so that's just the talent that I'm going against every day just makes me even that much more better what's the confidence level of this team right now getting started getting the season going on Monday against Louisville well our confidence is through the roof because every single person I've had on this podcast every player be it you or Jonathan Hess or Quentin Bivens you name it they've all said that the goal which I've put on the board is the playoffs is that kind of your expectation too and if so why why do you have belief in this team that it can do that 
because we've always had the pieces. We just had to put them together. And I think with this offseason and this, this fall camp, everything is just meshing well together. And like I said, that playoff is at the top of our top of our list. He's Miles Battle, Ole Miss defensive back. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you for your time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.